didn't ha- you didn't have a did you have a handle when you were driving your truck? Oh, just just make something up as we went. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just uh, you just went with the flow. Are you serious? I thought I thought you guys had to pick a handle so that you could recognize each other when you did when when you crossed paths on the on the routes that you took. Well, I mean, usually, you know, I, I just just grab something out of, out of the air at the time, whatever, whatever struck my fancy at the moment, you know. Well, that cut down on the ability for people to track you down. You were smart on that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> only time I, I tried to stay consistent was, uh, like, with my escorts, you know, with, uh, uh, well, I did a lot of oversized hauling all those years. Oh, so. uh, Okay. You know, I'd have have uh, escort vehicles with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'd have as many as five escorts on one load. So, Whoa! Yeah, we would go to an off-channel and uh, uh, you know where and, and they work and stay quiet. You know, mm-hmm. stay on our own. But on that time, was you know, you just use your, use your first name as a specialist way to remember who everybody was. You know. Yeah. What's the biggest or the heaviest load that you ever pulled? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, Overall, I guess uh, these big tanks they used to haul a lot of those. They'd be like, uh, you, know, you know, a silo tank, like for chemicals. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the the load itself would be like an 18-foot diameter tank, 110-foot tall, and of course you lay it down on a trailer, and uh, yeah. the, the load would be 18 wide, and then uh, the, the height, overall height would be uh, the 18-foot diameter plus the height of the trailer, which would be uh, at about two feet to it, be about 20 feet tall. Wow, uh, 18 feet wide. Yeah. You don't have an awful lot of fudge room. Yeah, the length would be, uh, you know, 100. Like the length of the load would be 110 feet, and then Aye. the uh, the uh, fifth wheel deck and the and the tractor out in front of that. Huh? So you could add about another another 30 feet to that. Would that one qualify as an oversize? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what you call a super load. And, uh, you know, widest, uh, probably 24 feet wide, that's the widest I ever hold. Uh, uh, you could reach an impasse pretty easily with a 24-foot wide load. Yeah, you, yeah, you had to uh, survey your route and all, you know. It's all those big loads. Once you the height, the big thing, the, you know, the height's a bigger problem than, than width. Ah, okay. Well, so if I'm coming in the other direction, trust me, it's the width that's the biggest problem for me. <laughs> Looking at a wide load coming at you is not a picnic sometimes. Right. So uh, well, that's what I say. Once you're, you know, once you get the, that big, you know, you got. Uh, you usually have one up with like two state police escorts and uh-huh. uh, three or four uh, private escorts. Uh, you know, on those loads because they shouldn't. You have to have the state police with you to be shutting down roads and things, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, because uh, going the wrong way on one-way roads, things like that, you know, you had to, you know, you you can't do that without police escort. <laughs> Guess not. <laughs> you see a house coming at you from the wrong direction. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, all, you know, like uh, uh, Navy jets where the, uh, where the wings fold to go on a carrier. Uh-huh. You know, that's... Uh, the ones I hauled, it was like the uh, A6 Intruder. Uh, they were 24 feet wide, I believe, at the, at the widest part of the wing. Wow. Put the wings off, you know. Um, 
Well, the lingo that you use, would it be the same for throughout the country? I mean, when you were on the radio, I mean... Say that again. The lingo, the, 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 the truck driver talk, would it pretty much be universal? You know, the same word yeah. for, for bear and, and all those things? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty much the same everywhere, I think. Got it. Uh, the, yeah. Kind of smoky and a plain round wrap. Oh, honestly, I was never really into the CB thing that much. You uh-huh. know, uh, it was a uh, kind of a necessary nuisance. You know, <laughs> but I mean, it was handy sometimes, like get directions or something in a strange area. You know, but uh, most of the time, when I, you know, for me, I, I did all all this oversized stuff, and and uh, you know, so I had escorts and all. So you know, I mean, I mean, directions wasn't a problem because you knew uh-huh. what you were doing before you went. Yeah. You, know, you always had to have your route surveyed out for, for the load before you go. To the other side, the height and the width and all, then you had the ground clearance underneath. Uh, <clears throat> the trailer I had, when you stretch it all the way out, uh, you know, kind of belly down. So once you'd load it, uh, oftentimes there wasn't enough room under the trailer to slide your fingers on between the, the trailer and the ground. Wow. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh... You know, you'd, you'd be hitting, you could, you could hang up real easy on, on any kind of little hump or anything. You had to have pretty flat, as well as the clearance overhead and sideways and area of room to make the turns. But was the risk of having the trailer bed crack with that much on it? Thank you, Patricia. And what, what, is, what would be the risk of having the trailer bed crack under that much weight that it would give you, you know, finger room underneath? Well, see, it wasn't a weight there. It was uh, because it's a, uh, what they call an expandable trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, it's basically two pieces of I-beam that slide inside each other. Right. And, and when you close it up, it's it's pretty strong because you double frame on that through there. Uh, when you stretch it out, uh, you lose all your support, and, uh, and with no weight on it, the center of the trailer just kind of bellies down, you know. But with and, belly uh, down, there's no risk? It would be on a big load like that. The weight's being supported on either end. Okay. Uh, so I'd actually, uh, on some loads, I could actually winch the trailer up off the ground a little bit, uh, you know, with my uh, tie downs. Uh-huh. And, uh, and gain a little ground clearance. But, uh, you know, then I had the the rig rode on air, so and I had dump valves stuff set up so that I could uh, uh, change my ride height to suit the conditions. You know, if I had to get over a hump, I could, uh, yeah. I could blow them up and lift it up an inch or two. And if I had to slink under something, I could uh, dump the air and the trailer would actually lay on the ground, just drag it on the ground underneath, underneath something, you know. Uh, when your truck broke down, who did you call? I mean, would AAA be able to help you out? or would? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what would you do? Well, I did all my own work, so I, okay. I, uh, uh, I can only recall a couple of times I called a wrecker. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, one time I was uh, oh, about 200 miles from home and I uh, uh, blew a cylinder and uh, I called my a friend here with a wrecker and he just came out and got me. I brought it home and rebuilt the engine. Uh, you know, or I had a, I had a uh, cylinder crack and uh, started dumping water down the base. And uh, then one time I uh, had uh, had some problems with a uh, alignment. I uh, on the uh, on the bell housing, I forget what I forget what happened. The, the dial pins and all that lined it up. Um, anyway, I sheared the center out of the clutch, and, and again, I was only like 100 miles from home, so I, I had someone come get me. But uh, uh, yeah, usually I just just fixed it. <laughs> Wherever I was at, I'd uh, go to work on it. 
picture. Uh, you in the market for a question tonight? Uh, I don't think so. Ah. Uh, um. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Yeah, uh, you you stop me for sure tonight. <laughs> Your brain's not in gear. No, not at all. Okay, you're excused. But I just called to say, say good morning. Well, I'm glad you did, because we've been thinking about you and hoping all was okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, that little baby we watch, he's, he's really doing good. I'll send you some new pictures of him. Oh, good. He'll, he'll be 10 months uh, in two more days. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. He's been at the county fair this week, and he's, he's had a ball with all the people around. Oh, that's so nice. He's so lucky to have you, too. Yeah, his his dad's supposed to be here today. I think he's he's uh, in the army. He's supposed. To, uh, we heard from him last night before he got on the plane. He's supposed to be home home this morning. Oh, great! I hope to stay. Yeah. But, well, y'all, it's getting late. You guys probably want to sign off. So. I really appreciate your calling. We truly were yep. starting to get concerned about you. Yeah. I sent you a joke the other day. I don't know if you got oh, it or yes. not. I, I saw one and I said, I bet Patricia would like this. That's right. I told Walden last week. That's I, right. You're right. I, I took you off the list last week because you sent me a joke. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was a good one, too. And I didn't write anything. I just, I just copied a joke and sent it to you. you know? it, it was a good one. We got we got the Y generation mm -hmm. down back here. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. All right. Well, you guys have a good day. Thanks, okay. Jerry. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Good night, good morning, or good day, wherever you may be. We're here. Good whatever. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to get off two weeks in a row here. <laughs> You're determined. I'm determined. I'm determined. All right. We didn't even... You know, I've still got my July um, 31st, July 25th. I've still got July 21st stuff. I think we're, we're, we're definitely uh, uh, ahead of schedule. I think I don't have to do homework for the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Good well, before go. we get to your questions, I do have to ask you one thing. Yes. Federal regulations govern how how much peanut butter has. How, I'm sorry. How much? I'm not asking this correctly. What is the percentage of peanuts required in peanut butter? Oh man. The percentage, huh? Um, yeah, how much of your jar has to actually be peanuts? Okay, so, I mean, you know, because generally we get the smoothie type, so, so whole crunch it up. I would say 60%. Oh, boy, are you generous. No, 90% of peanut butter has to be peanuts. Really? Really? But that's what it says. Oh. Everything on the internet is true. I like that's, that. But that sounds reasonable because there isn't an awful lot of other stuff that you put in there. I mean, there's, there's no. oil and sugar and... What was the name of Lou Costello's racehorse on the radio show? Oh, you probably even asked me this before. Let oh. me think. Oh, it's probably peanut butter. Oh, you're so good. It's because we're talking about... <laughs> All right. All right. You're not going to get off this week. We've got stuff for Walden. We've got a stump Walden question that is guaranteed. Guaranteed. You know what this means, everybody? She's worked on this and sat on it the whole week, and she just can't bear to not give it out. Man, I hope to tell you. I listened to one of these shows the other night, and I said, there's Walden's question. Mm -hmm. The question is, which character was identified at the beginning of the show 
as the Robin Hood of of modern crime. The Robin Hood of modern crime. Guy with the Saint. Gosh darn it. How did you know that? I love the show. One of my favorite de- detective shows. I like the same. I need the four. I, I, in my opinion, I have four detective shows that are really up there. First, first night, and that's one of the four. And what are the other three? Richard Diamond, Sam Spade, and Nero Wolf. I like those four. Oh, Nero Wolf is in there. Mm-hmm. How? Maybe because of the care, the way they open the show, the following, and the interplay with Archie and yeah. Goodwin. It might, yeah, you know, it, it is a quality show. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, we we have a history question. I'm going to save your history question okay. for next week. Okay. But uh, do you want your baseball question sure. or brain teaser? Whatever Patricia wants, I'm wide awake. Well, we'll give you your baseball question, because that one was a holdover from last week, and I'll save the rest for next week. All right, here's your baseball question. The only father and son to hit back-to-back home runs in a major league baseball game. Bobby and Barry Bonds. Nope. Oh, oh, the Griffies. The Griffies, Yeah, the Griffies. Very good, Very good, Patricia. Very good. Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. Uh, both played on the Seattle Mariners, and it was in a game against the California Angels on September 14th, 1990. Wow. Very good. He did good. very well. Very good. I'm doomed. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, I, all right. Next week, I'm going to stump you. Oh. Next week, oh. I am going to stump you. For sure, for sure. Uh-huh. For sure, uh-huh. for sure. And I will repeat the 903 next week. Good. That was a good piece of information. Yeah. I did not know that. See, now you know. Yep. The best music of all. Got plays at Carnegie Hall. How that tied into Lucky Strikes is beyond me. Because they had a radio show, uh, The Best of Your Hip Parade. What that they and it was played at Carnegie Hall. Oh, it was played at Carnegie Hall. Correct. Uh huh. it. Okay. Uh-huh. It really was a tie-in there. Uh-huh. Yep. Poor, poor Milton Cross. He was not a happy camper. No. No. Basically, you should read the article that Donnie wrote. The time when he, uh, they, uh, when Dan Golden Paul decided to have uh, papers filed on him. You know, when he was suing American Tobacco, and he had, uh, he had, uh, uh, he wanted him to. Sw- Quit those slogans, so he he set, he had paper shoved on them just before the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Nice way to treat your announcers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they hung in there. They hung in. This was information, please, that we're talking about. Yep. And it was Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. They, green goes to war. They switched from from uh, green packaging to red packaging. And tried to pass it off that the green ink had some substance that was needed by the army. <laughs> of course, it wasn't true, but everybody bought into it. Yep. And they got their red and white Lucky Strike packaging. Yep, yep. Did I figure the, the theory is because they thought female smokers would be more attractive to that. Is that what the, the That was the theory, yeah. Was? Mm-hmm. It is a more attractive, red and white is a, a very attractive combination, mm-hmm. much more so than green and white. Yeah. It's more eye-catching. 
So that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. Okay. Well, I am. You ready? Have to appear. Are we ready to hit the road? I think we're ready to put this show on the road or go out the door or whatever you say when you get to the end of the show. What do you say? Happy trails to you. Happy trails to you. What a great closing. (laughs) This is good. Happy trails to you. Great interview with Dusty Rogers that played early tonight. It was a good night. Great night. So we're going to... Good night, everybody. We will be here next week, but Christmas is over. Thank you for celebrating Christmas in July with us. Thank you, everybody. We love you very much out there. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, Patricia. Good night, Walden. To call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and Danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your makeup The party's over It's all over My friend No Nothing that can quite 
from the uh, south, Th these are the southern Ohioans, these are you all folk, you know. <laughs> you all. Thank you, Mary Murphy, how about that, huh, big hat Yeah, gotta meet our, gotta meet the guy, the number one band leader with the finest band, I think, in the land, Mr. Les Brown, how about this boy? How are you? This, I know Les is getting a tremendous kick out of it, and you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear his band leader, Oh, I'd like to have the band here, Bob. Well, let's tell them about it. Only Eskimos could play here. Yeah, today. that's right. Clico Club Eskimos. <laughs> Harry Horley. Thank you, Les Brown. Big hand for Les Brown right there. Yeah! That's it. How would you like to see a guy that we brought here, a fellow that I've been working with for the past 14, 15 years, really one of the finest guys, one of the finest comedians in the world, Mr. Jerry Colonna right here. Tell me, Jeff. What? How do you feel? I'm in the pink. You're in the pink. Yeah, I left the blue ones in the laundry. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, did you have a nice trip coming in from California? Oh, it was tough sledding. Tough sledding. How come? No snow. No. <laughs> Why don't you sing four or five hundred songs and we'll go home? Huh? Chair. Isn't that wonderful? As a great man, the only man in the world can kiss a girl and give it a kiss. Can you hear me calling the kid or die? That's all. That's it. How about chair? Isn't that wonderful? As a great man, the only man in the world can kiss a girl and give her the brush off at the same time. That is our little chair. Little old chair. Now this is your announcer once again. Hi, Everback, signing off from Delaware, Ohio and saying thanks for listening. This program was... And now this is your announcement. Jeff, 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 J